In the very first chapter of Tehillim, the book of Psalms, King David writes a verse, Ki Hashem darech tzadikim. God knows the path of the righteous people. But the way of the wicked people will perish. So the Holy Zohar comments on this verse and he writes that when a person is setting out on a new path, he should make sure to bring God with him on the journey. Involve God with you on your journey. And when you do that, you'll be met with blessing on your path. But the way of the wicked person will perish. So the Zohar explains that God is not going to punish the wicked person. He's not going to destroy him. It will perish on its own. Because when God isn't in the picture, what we have will ultimately fall apart. So if we go on a path, we should bring God with us. When we bring God, we have blessing. If we leave God out of the picture, the path itself will perish. It will fall apart. In the second chapter of Tehillim, King David writes, Ivdu'es Hashem b'yira. Serve God with fear. So the Zohar questions that we have a verse elsewhere which writes, Ivdu'es Hashem b'simcha. That we should serve God with joy. So which one is it? Do we serve Him with fear? Do we serve him with joy? So the Zohar answers that they're both true. But the question is, which one comes first? And first, the Zohar writes, we got to serve God with fear. When we're entering the door, we're about to start serving God. We need to first realize, who are we about to serve? Who are we doing this mitzvah before? God Almighty. And there has to be an element of fear. Once we come through the door, God will gift us with a feeling of love, with a feeling of joy, and we'll start to feel this intense joy that I merited to serve God Almighty. So I come into the door with an element of fear. And once I'm in the door, God will gift me with this feeling of joy that I merited to serve Him and do a mitzvah for God. In the third chapter of the Hillim, King David opens up and he writes, Mizmo David, a song that was said by David, as he's running away from Avshalom, his son. And the commentaries point out that it's an unbelievable thing. Avshalom, his very own son, has kicked him out of Yerushalayim. He sent him into exile from his very own palace. And what does King David do? He sings a song. He doesn't lament. He doesn't cry. He just uses it as an opportunity to sing a song of closeness to God. And he ends off with a secret. And he writes, Hashem, You, God, you're my shield. And the Zohar explains King David knew that all through his life he was going to have enemy after enemy who are going to come to fight with him and wage battle with him. But he knew that, God, you are my shield. And when I have a shield like God, nobody in the world could possibly touch me. And that enabled him to be able to sing a song even as he was running away from his very own son. In chapter 4 of the Hillam, King David writes, Rabim Omer, many people say, Mi tov. When will God show us good? Rashi explains that this question is the age-old question that why is it that the wicked people seem to prosper and the righteous people seem to suffer so much? When will God show reward goodness to the people who have been following as well? And King David says the answer, and he says that I wasn't upset about this at all. The opposite. He writes, This very thing that they seem to prosper put gladness in my heart. And Rashi explains that imagine... If this is what God gives in this world to people that are going against his will, King David says, can you only imagine what's in store for us in the world to come for those people who gave up their lives and went after God day after day, year after year? Can we only imagine what reward is waiting for us? So when we see the wicked prosper, we say to ourselves, if that's what they get, can you only imagine what's waiting for us? In chapter 5, King David writes, and I... 
with your abundant kindness, I come to your house. I prostrate myself towards you, but Yirasecha with fear. So the Holy Zohar derives from this verse that whenever we're starting to pray, we need to arouse the mercy and the merit of our three forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And we know that Avram excelled in the character trait of kindness. Yitzchak excelled in the character trait of fear of heaven. And Yaakov combined the two, he merged the two down in the middle. And this is what the verse means. I come to you with your abundant kindness. That's referring to Avram. I come to your house. Yaakov is called our house. He was the middle. He was the foundation. All the tribes came out of Yaakov. I'm going to bow down towards you with fear, which represents the concept of Yitzchak. And when we come with the three forefathers, God listens to us in their merit, and he answers our prayers. In chapter 6, King David is praying to God that he should heal him from his sickness. And he says to God that this is the reason why you should heal me. Because if I die, ki ein ba'mavas zechrecha. There's nobody who will remember you when they're dead. Deep down in the grave, who is going to praise your name? The Radak, one of the early commentaries, explained that what King David was saying was that we were created to praise God's name. When we're dead, the soul goes up to heaven, but the body is silent. It doesn't have the ability to talk. It can't praise God's name anymore. King David was saying, save me, because if I stay alive, I'll dedicate my life to writing to Hillam, to praising your name, to spreading your name amongst the entire world. And we have to realize that this is our mission. And we say to God, keep us alive, because if you keep us alive, we'll do good things. We'll praise your name. We'll spread your name. We'll bring glory to your name. And that's our saving grace. In chapter 7 of the Hillam of Psalms, King David writes, Magini My protection lies with God. He saves the upright of the heart. And he continues, Elokim God judges the righteous people. And God is angered every single day. So the Malbim, one of the great commentaries, explains that what King David was saying to God is that yes, the Jewish people occasionally slip up. And yes, we make mistakes and we sin. But our hearts are in the right place. But look at the opposition. Look what everyone else is doing. There are other people in the world. There are other nations that their very presence is angering you. They're making mistakes every single moment. Their hearts are in the wrong place. So therefore, please forgive us. Our hearts are in a good place. And when we slip up, it's only occasional. In chapter 8 of Tehillim, King David writes, Hashem Adonai, our master, our God, how mighty is your name. On this earth, throughout the earth. And the Zohar explains that how do we get there? How do we get to this feeling of God's mightiness? So King David continues, When I look up to the heavens, and I see ma'asei etzba'osecha. I see the work of your hands, so to speak. Yoreach, I look at the moon. V'kochavim, and I see the stars. Asha but you establish. When I look at the wonders of God's creation, I need to be overpowered with a feeling of love towards God, of a feeling of His mightiness, of His absolute ability to do anything, His infinite ability. And when I look around and I take all this in, I come back to the beginning of the verse and I say once again, Hashem Adoneinu, our Master, our God, how mighty is your name, throughout the earth. In chapter 9 of Tehillim, King David is describing the future that one day the wicked people are going to be destroyed, they're going to go back to where they belong, and the Jewish people are going to have a comeback with the coming of Mashiach. And he writes a verse, a beautiful verse, because it's not forever that the poor people are forgotten. 
And the commentaries explain that he's telling us to have a little bit of perspective. That yes, the Jewish nation have been through so many hardships, but none of them have lasted forever. Everything has come, and yes, it's been terrible. And we've lost many people, but then we've come out of it. And we've had another hardship, and we've come out of it again. And we hope that one day, this hardship that we're in now will come out of it, of course, with the coming of Mashiach. But keep in mind that nothing that we've gone through has lasted forever. God will ultimately always save us. In chapter 10, King David opens up and he says, Lama Hashem, why God? Ta'amod barachok, why do you stand so far away? Ta'alim, you hide yourself. Le'itos batzara, during times of hardship. So what's going on? What does this mean that God hides himself? So the Zohar explains that the process is that when the Jewish people sin a little bit too much, then God retreats, so to speak. He hides his divine presence. He doesn't reveal it. So to speak, it recedes and goes back into its place where it's all coming from. And yes, God is everywhere, but he hides it the more we sin. And then we go through a hardship and we look for God and we say, God, where are you? And what we don't realize is, is that we caused him to hide himself because of our sins. And that's what he's saying, that please come back. We're ready to do teshuva. We're ready to return and we want you to reveal yourself again. And as soon as God comes back and reveals himself, the hardship will go away.